0: It's that time again, time for another episode of the Discipling Culture Podcast, the place and the space where we learn how to lead communities that follow Jesus, both right now in this generation and in the generation to come. You know me, I'm Nate. I'm Mike. Mike's here with me. As always, we're here uh, per usual in the basement of Apex Church in lovely Dayton, Ohio. In the basement. That's where we should be. (laughs) That's where all great ideas come from, I think. So, you know, I was, Mike and I were joking uh, before this episode, he took me a little bit by surprise last time when I played the the clip from Tim Keller and he completely disagreed with it. But I thought
1: that, <laughs> I completely <disagreed. laughs> I, know, I mean, I, know, I, know. I just made sure that the way that the audience would receive it is the way that I would like them to receive it. No, I thought it was great. And I, you know, I was commenting on the discussion wasn't what I anticipated,
0: but I thought it was great. It was very helpful for me. So... I'm glad. Mm, good. Um, and you have another opportunity to disagree with him today. <laughs> disagree with
1: the man who's far greater than me. Yes, uh, that's right. Stop, yeah.
0: stop. Marvelous. Um, we are all one in Christ Jesus. Oh, yeah, there is that's no right. Tim is that Keller the Bible? nor oh, Mike oh, yes, Breen. I think
1: it is, yes. Um,
0: so I got another uh, shorter clip this time that I want to comment on uh, or at least listen to, and then we can have some uh discussion about. Again, this is a clip from April 2020, Tim Keller talking about resilience and burnout uh, to pastors and other ministry leaders.
2: Um, The third thing is radical refocusing. And let me just put it like this, that the verse, I'm just going to give you one verse. First Chronicles 1232, the men of Issachar who understood the times and knew what Israel should do, it's talking about the people who went out into the wilderness to throw their lot in with david when he was a fugitive and the men of Issachar who came and they, that was it was a radical step it was a radical step they came in order to and they left their families and they certainly left the safety that they had out in the rest of the country because saul was the king but they recognized that david was god's anointed and they threw in their lot with david and the reason they did was it's that they understood the times Which is a word, the word times there is a word that has a sense of the seasons. Just as a a good farmer realizes it's time to plant or it's time to to harvest. Or it's time not to do any of those things. They understood the the seasons. And during times like this, let me put it like this. You have to break free, or at least uh, for the sake of brainstorming, you need to be as temporarily free as possible from all your older goals all your older even traditions and priorities and you need to question everything about your ministry except the things the bible absolutely prescribes you need to be willing to think outside the box as they say you know i kind of hate that business jargon but there it is think outside the box what it means is question everything but the things that the bible says you must do be open because things have changed now maybe be very careful There may be many, many things that you've done in the past that you should do more of. Uh, There should be some goals that you should stick right with, but you need to question everything. You need to look at everything because you need to understand the time so you know what you should do.
0: So this idea, uh, what caught my attention when I listened to this recently was this idea of questioning everything. And,
2: uh,
0: you know it's interesting because last episode when we were talking about prayer and you were commenting on your own life, your response was in some ways there's no difference or ideally there should be no difference between an everyday and a crisis day in how you're relating to God and how you're opening the door to him in something like prayer. But as it goes to pursuing vision, mission within a local community, or in your experience with movements that stretch well beyond local communities. What do you think about that idea of questioning of every, everything, of being willing to strip everything down and only keep the essentials and and potentially go in a new direction or do something new?
1: Yeah. I, I, I Yeah. It's an interesting idea. I think, um, I think I, really do resonate with the understanding of uh, of Tim there where he's talking about how you navigate any day but how you navigate times when clearly there are special circumstances that are affecting us um again i would say that questioning everything may lead to a kind of inveterate desire to deconstruct everything. Hmm. So the word I would use is explore everything and um, and buy everything, you know, everything that's helpful and wholesome and right, useful to right, you. Right, right, right. Um, but, um, but in general, what I think, a lot of leaders are poorly prepared to do is to understand their context, their culture, and their circumstances. Hmm. So I, th- I think that that's an area of poor preparation in general uh, for leadership as a whole. And I think it's an area of poor preparation within the training processes that, that are available to people who want to be in church leadership. Mm. Um, One of the things I tried to develop in a book a couple of years ago called Speak Out was a a kind of demystified approach to contextualization. In Mm. other words, understanding the times that we're in. Mm. Mm -hmm. It's much easier to learn how to understand the times of crisis If you've tried to understand the Mm -hmm. times of Mm -hmm. normality, so if you have a baseline, in other words, yeah. Okay. So, so if, as part of your practice, you learn about what's happening around the world, you read useful and insightful articles, you listen to helpful and instructive. Uh, Podcast, you dot dot dot. If, as part of your life, you commit yourself to being a learner, mm. then, which is what I think Tim Keller is talking about, then of course you're going to be much better equipped to deal with the shocking moment than if hmm. you start right there in the shocking moment to start doing that. So what does it
0: look like for you specifically? Give us an example or two of understanding your context.
1: Yeah. So it's all about big picture, small picture. It's all about binocular vision. So human beings, by and large, have two eyes. And the two eyes provide you with two focal points, two perspectives. One is the big picture, one is, one is the small picture and by the combination of those two things your brain creates a three-dimensional world. Hmm. Well there's your there's your reference point if you like. The the reference point is that we need a big picture that we're operating with all the time and a, a small picture that we can get into the details of uh, as as quickly and as as succinctly as possible. Um, and again these are, these are a little bit like muscles that you create. If you, if you start to try to build up muscles that are going to help you lift heavy objects, then if the first time you come to a heavy object, you've never done any muscle training, there's no way you're going to move that mm-hmm. heavy object. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if at the beginning of the pandemic, you had never done any observation of the geopolitical world, if you'd never done any understanding of what's going on in China, India, Southeast Asia, if you'd never thought about what are the systems and the, the processes that make our society work or not work, if, if you'd never thought about all those, it's a heavy rock to move. Mm-hmm. If by the time you got to the beginning of the pandemic – you had been doing that for a long time, you'd come up with something that like Andy Crouch's brilliant article on the blizzard Mm -hmm. and the ice age, you know, we looked at together. I mean, the reason that somebody comes up with that is because they've been doing it for a long time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so, and so I would say, start now. If you can't move some big objects around you, you don't understand, you know, what to do about wearing masks or, you know, which, which political party you should, then then just start with the with the the small stuff just start with the small stuff begin most days getting a perspective on the big picture most days looking at the interactions of people around you okay just do that so the big picture you're saying is when i zoom
0: out and kind of take in the big ideas of the cultural world That's big picture. And then small picture is in my immediate geographical, physical context. What are the stories of the people, the place that I'm in,
1: what's important to them,
0: that sort of thing?
1: Yeah. Without being creepy, just look at the people around you and um, just ask yourself, what's going on there? What's happening? Hmm. And if they're people who are actually paid to interact with you, then talk to them about who they are. I mean, today I had breakfast with you at a restaurant. I always embarrass everybody that's with me, but I never embarrass the person that I'm talking to. Yeah. I just said to her, "I like the ink; it's cool." And she said, "Oh, thank you." And you could see that. Yeah, she smiled. Suddenly, was very it was a different yeah, day for yeah, her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I said, "So, are you going to do the color on the other arm, like you did?" She said, "No, no. I've got. I've just got a kind of single." kind of the black stuff on one and then a color on the other. And I said, oh, that's kind of interesting. So she was inviting me into her biography. She was Mm. inviting me into her story. So the way that you understand context is to understand cultural history, the big story, and then the biography, the little stories of people's lives. And just be interested. Mm -hmm. It's not complicated. Right, right, right.
0: Just be interested. So when you go through the exercise and, you know, maybe I'm not hearing correctly here, so I'm just trying to make sure I get it. So when you go through the exercise of big, sh- big picture, small picture, when you understand what the, wor- where the world is and you understand where your world is in your yeah. particular spot, yeah, then you're better equipped to understand what you are to question as Tim Keller would say, or explore as you would say, and what things you can just carry on with, yeah. regardless of the circumstances. Exactly.
1: So I'm very happy for a congregation to be filled up with Republicans and Democrats, mask wearers and non-mask wearers, vaccinators and non-vaccinators, because I feel like I understand the perspective of those people and I want to honor it mm. and to be civil and, in relation to it. And the reason that I'm civil in relation to it is because I'm interested in them.
0: Mm, mm -hmm, I'm interested
1: mm -hmm. in them as people. I'm interested in the processes that formed them as people. And I'm interested in all of that put together, giving me a kind of a perspective on on life. And uh, like you said, we're all one in Christ Jesus. Well, if we're all one in Christ Jesus, that means that we have to have some level of civility about the things where we're different. Mm, mm. And I like the difference. Yeah. And so we just explore what the difference is and we understand and we can make our own decision as to where we are in all of that. But it doesn't mean especially as leaders that we're excluding vast portions of the population simply on the basis of our preference. Mm-hmm. What we're doing is we're learning about the culture and learning how to lead people in that culture, in God's mission, which is more important than all of those other categories I gave earlier. Mm. It's it's interesting that like what I keep hearing as you're
0: talking is stance. And yeah. that's obviously in Speak Out. It's yeah. part of the coaching environment that I've been in with you before. Yeah. But for people that are listening and maybe haven't heard that yeah. before, there's this idea of a stance that you're able to take as an individual. You have the freedom to take on a particular issue, but as a leader, there's a stance uh, that you must have towards everyone, a mm-hmm. positive stance that is. Talk uh, talk a little bit. I mean, do you, do you feel like I'm right at all? Or yeah, do, no, that's my, exactly is what the it Is the yeah. connection, right? Yeah. No, no, that's exactly what it is. You know, and the the comment that I remember you making that at first I wasn't sure if it was actually right, but I think it is right after all, is you cannot have a neutral stance about anything. You're either positive or negative for or against any particular issue and
1: any particular person in turn. Yeah. So how can I have a, a positive stance towards people who get vaccinated and people who don't? Because my positive stance is towards them as a person making a free decision about their life. Mm. Yeah? I can be absolutely positive about that. Now, do I have a negative stance towards suicide bombers that indiscriminately blow people up at airports? Yeah, I do. Mm. I have a negative stance towards that behavior. But here's the interesting thing. Mm. I'd love to have a conversation with a suicide bomber. Mm obviously afterwards is impossible, but I'd love to have a conversation with them and just find out what's going on.
0: Mm.
1: Cause my guess is that they've been given all kinds of garbage to think right, about right. and to the believe. That's kind of, yeah. cr- kind of gets them messed up and I'm never going to be able to interact, intervene, be some positive help unless I understand what all of those things are. Mm. Because just saying, don't do it probably isn't going to work. Right,
0: right, 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 yeah? right, 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 Yeah. There's this interesting connection too, I think that I'm seeing between people of peace, contextualization and stance. And what I mean by that, the one of the phrases that I know goes around in the 3DM circle is to find people of peace, you have to be a person of peace. So if a person of peace welcomes you, serves you, listens to you, you got to welcome, serve, listen to them. It's what you were talking about at breakfast this morning. Um, but as we're looking at the big picture, small picture, and as we're taking a positive stance, a positive orientation towards the humanity of other people, yeah. the equality that we all have as created beings, you by nature are interacting as
1: a person of peace. Yeah. Well, you may not be life. doing it by nature, but you're doing it by choice. And mm. it, and it's it's one of those things that's become sentimentalized in popular religion. But the golden rule is really golden. And it's really worth remembering that you want people to interact with you in a particular way. And so if you want people to interact with you in a particular way, Interact with them in that way. Mm,
0: mm -hmm, mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah. Just do that. That'd be a good move, wouldn't it? Oh, who said that? Oh, I remember. (laughs) Jesus. So it may well be right. Yes, yes. So it's interesting
0: because it's fairly simple and straightforward, and yet I think it's also fair to say that we see people in church world doing the same old. We see people in church world that you know, maybe are waiting to go back yeah. even to the way that things were. Yeah. And they could probably in a healthy way explore some new things, question some old things. Yeah. How might you encourage somebody that either intentionally or
1: not is stuck? Um, usually a person is stuck in my observation because of insecurity and anxiety. Mm. So- I always remember uh, walking with a friend. We were hiking through uh, the mountains of Wales. And he was a very, very kind of adventurous guy. And we were all dressed up, you know, for the, the you know, waterproof hiking boots on and blah, blah, blah. And we got to a stream that I leapt over and just kind of got to the other side. And I looked back and he was just riveted. Now- I'm taller than him. I've got longer legs than him. I can leap further than him. But it was an easy leap. Mm-hmm. And he was just riveted. And mm. I said, are you all right?" And he said, I don't know what's happened to me. I can't do it. I said, what do you mean? He said, I don't know what it is. I just I just feel I don't think I can jump that distance. I said, it's four feet. What are you talking about? Mm. Jump. Mm-hmm. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He said, I, I... So I quickly recalibrated... And said, well, I tell you what, let's go a little bit further. You stay on that side of the stream, I'll stay on this, mm. and let's see if there are some stepping stones a little bit further down. And sure enough, there were. And of course, he he was able to make it over. The The reason that we don't step into new territory is usually because of anxiety and fear. And anxiety and fear are built on a sense of security or confidence, and all of that's built on a sense of identity. Mm. So if, if somebody says to you, you can stay as anxious as you like, and I'd like to validate your anxieties by pointing out to you that the reason that you're anxious is because other people hate you and they're going to try to get you. So be as defensive as you possibly can be. I mean, wow. Wow. Guess what's going to happen to that person? Good thing nobody in our world acts like that. No. And so, of course, that's what happens. So, you know, and so we begin to live out our anxieties and begin to articulate them as our political stance, as our theological position, as our whatever. Mm. Rather than saying, you know what, child of the king means... It's all mine anyway. I just don't know what it is yet. Hmm. And um, and so maybe what I ought to do is to um, explore the treasury of the king, which is the world that he made. Hmm. Hmm. The treasury of the king, which is all these weird people who, you know, when I look at my backyard, I see – even flowers that are supposed to look like each other, they all look different. And so every person's this unique individual, and they're all, they're all fascinating, and they've all got some sense of reflecting, however flawed or broken, the image of the one mm-hmm. who made them. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I'm actually finding out about God by doing this. Mm. Wow, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah? hmm I know it sounds all mystical and stuff. You know, we ought to be smoking something exotic and... <laughs> listening to kind of strange music. But but I genuinely think that that's what the Bible says. You know what I'm saying? Hmm. That's what it's about. I mean, what was, what was Adam and Eve doing in the cool of the day, walking around the garden with God? God didn't need to walk around the garden. He knew what the garden was like. But he just loved the idea right, right. of well, accompanying these sweet people that he would just made in the adventure of discovering stuff. Well, when you were even talking about fear, being the
0: thing that keeps us stuck i thought of the verse you know perfect love
1: drives out fear exactly and it's it's and what's com- that it's an identity verse well know. what's perfect love we all know what perfect love is mm. because in that same little letter we're told god is love mm. mm-hmm. so why not just accompany him and say, well, Lord, I don't know. I mean, I'm not sure I whether I want to be a Democrat, but I think I'm going to talk to a few of them and maybe you could come with me and help me to work out what's going on. Mm. Or do you know what? I'm not sure about these people that need to feel they need to get vaccinated, but, you know, why don't you just come with me and help me to understand mm. them? Well, there's you pow- made them. There's a powerful picture in
0: my mind, you know, last episode when we were talking about prayer and you talked about – what was it? Revelation 320. Mm-hmm. Stand at the door and knock. Yeah. You know, basically let me in and I'll come in. Mm-hmm. And I, I have this this image of opening the door and then this, this presence, this power coming into the space and driving out mm-hmm. the fear, whatever, mm-hmm. you know, is kind of behind my back. There's no yeah. more room for that anymore because... The presence of Jesus is so big
1: Mm -hmm. that it just fills everything. Absolutely. And and that's why the Great Commission, and let's be honest here, this is about mission and discipleship, so the Great Commission is going to come in at some point. Mm -hmm. The Great Commission begins with, go. Well, actually, it begins with, by the way, I'm in charge. All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me, so listen carefully. Go, I'll be with you always. So the whole of the missional mindset is predicated on the idea of exploration mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you can't you can't go yeah. and not explore it's impossible <laughs> so if you want to be a missionary you have to be a person that's prepared to explore and the only way that you'll overcome your fundamental anxiety is to realize that you're big brothers there. Yeah. So I want to park there for a second.
0: And we we've talked about this before a little bit that in you know their covenant and kingdom relationship and responsibility being in relationship with God through the son connected by the spirit and then bearing his image participating in the work that he's doing being responsible to the tasks that he's given us right those are the two strands of the DNA of the Bible the DNA of our spiritual lives. But we've talked before about how so often there's um, a lack of traction in the area of mission or responsibility because uh, I have certainly been guilty of doing this and leaders can be found guilty of pushing on the responsibility so hard. And you've commented on actually... Uh, seeing breakthrough in the area of mission and responsibility as you press deeper into identity, deeper Mm -hmm.
1: into relationship. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because, because the authority and the power to do something has to come from who you are. Mm -hmm. So you're not going to just acquire more authority. You either have it or you don't. And you have it on the basis of who you are. Mm -hmm. So, You have power because you have authority to wield the power. You have authority because you have an identity. And the identity is the thing that authorizes you. So, I mean, how are you guys doing that
0: right now? Or how how would you encourage other church leaders just, you know, really practically to push people towards their true identity, remind them who they really are? I mean, is, is there well, anything I mean, you really teach new, it. Or, or is this the same it. old stuff?
1: Yeah, you've got to teach it, obviously. You've got to demonstrate it. Um, one of the things that causes great consternation is that if you live like this, people assume either you're ignorant or arrogant. Hmm. So either you're ignorant of you know the realities of life, you just don't understand how complex everything is, or you're just an arrogant, what's it? who thinks more of himself than he should do and honestly both of those both of those attitudes are deeply deeply destructive because they prevent you from operating in a way that would get you to function in this idea of identity you see i i i i've i mean so many times it's been said to me you know what? What is, what is your problem? Do You just think you're awesome, and truly, I don't. You, I don't think I'm awesome. I don't think I'm amazing. I don't think I, I. I honestly don't have those views of myself. But I don't have a view of myself that says I can't do something, either. Hmm. It's it's based on a simple identity that's been given to me. Hmm. I didn't earn it. So I can't take any credit for it. And so I can't be But it's still there. Yes. But it's absolutely been imputed to me. It's been given to me. Mm -hmm. And so I'm delighted to have it. And I'm just learning how to live into it. Mm -hmm. So what, you know, I oftentimes- I maybe have to live another 60 years to get there, but you know.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I feel like when I talk uh, to some of the folks in my- faith community, the idea of identity and who we really are in Christ is, um, oftentimes clouded by, uh, you know, believing what's not true basically. And I think of Jesus talking to his disciples about, Hey, when, when the enemy talks, when Satan talks, he talks in lies because that's his native language. How do you remind yourself of the truth of who you really are and come, you know, protect yourself from the lies that can so easily
1: distract? I mean, I just need other people. Mm. Uh, I think, I think if it was down to me by myself, I'd be, you know, twitching and rocking backwards and forwards in a corner somewhere. I mean, I just really wouldn't be able to do that. Mm. So I need other people to remind me, Hey, remember you don't believe that stuff. Oh yeah, that's right. So it's, so, you mm-hmm. you share the good news with yourself, you know, like David, I said to my soul, so you can say it to yourself, but sometimes you really aren't capable of doing that mm-hmm. and you just need other people around you. Yeah, And um, having a community of people who believe this stuff is really, really valuable, mm-hmm. really valuable.
0: Yeah. And maybe now in a post-lockdown, but still pandemic world- with rhythms having been disrupted, maybe that idea of getting in community to be reminded of who we really are is about as important a message as we could have.
1: Yeah. Radical equality as well, where, you know, for leaders, the problem is, is that we're at least six feet above contradiction, which means that we're six feet above accountability and Mm. six feet above anybody helping us.
0: Not this week, though. That's the encouragement. Remind yourself of who you really are, but get with other people that are going to hold you accountable to that, too. Yeah. Um, And just tell you the truth about how much God loves you, who he says that you are and operate out of his authority and power. Thanks so much for joining us uh, once again for the Discipling Culture podcast. Um, We encourage you to like us follow us share us whatever not for our sake
1: please like us
0: (laughs) (laughs) we don't care if you like us but still do all the other sharing and stuff just so that other people can find this podcast Uh, also I encourage you as always to check out disciplingculture.com home of DCC uh, and all sorts of resources coaching opportunities and online community of people just like you want to pursue discipleship and mission thanks so much for your time today have a great week see you later